Do you struggle to figure out age-appropriate consequences for your children? Are you concerned that chore-related consequences will prove counterproductive in teaching your children a good work ethic? Well, then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. If you enjoy this podcast and are interested in Ginger's resources on biblical parenting, we would love for you to purchase them through Ginger's website. We know that ordering through other retailers is quick and easy, but when you order directly from us at gingerhubbard.com, we receive the bulk of that revenue, which just helps support our ministry and this podcast. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount on your purchase. And thank you so much, listeners, for your support. Whether you're purchasing Ginger's resources at gingerhubber.com or making monthly or one-time donations, your support enables us to further our mission. And our mission is to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Long before my husband and I had kids of our own, I knew I wanted to be a homeschooling mom. But when my oldest was ready to start kindergarten, I had just had our third child, who we affectionately referred to as the baby monster. Homeschooling didn't seem possible with a kindergartner, a toddler, and a baby monster. I was so thankful that a friend introduced me to BJU Press. Their all-in-one curriculum resources gave me the confidence to homeschool at a time when it didn't seem possible. Their video lessons that, by the way, are engaging and taught by experienced teachers, those videos were a time and a sanity saver for me. Best of all, their K-5 through grade 12 all-in-one curriculum options are rooted in a solid biblical worldview. To learn more about BJU Press, go to bjupresshomeschool.com and see what they have to offer. You'll find their parent-led resources as well as independent learning materials at bjupresshomeschool.com. And tell them the baby monster sent you. Well, hey there, listeners. Before we dive into today's episode, we want to let you know that beginning in December, our podcast will start airing on Tuesdays each week instead of Mondays. Also, before we answer a couple of listener questions about consequences, I'd first like to say that I so wish I could respond individually to every one of you guys who submit a question. But with the high volume of questions we receive, I'm just not able to do that. But I would like to tell you a little about the process of how we choose which questions to answer on the podcast. I want y'all to know that Katie and I read every single question that comes in, and then I file them into categories, which helps me identify trends and specific issues that you guys are dealing with. When it becomes apparent that one particular issue is a common problem, then I know that addressing that issue is going to be helpful for a lot of our listeners. So I choose questions based on common patterns I see. I have lots of files categorized by topics, but the file that has the most questions by far is the one I've labeled disobedience and consequences. You guys have lots of questions about that. One trend I've noticed is parents who are concerned about how to discipline for disobedience without breaking the child's will or without breaking the child's spirit. I hear that a lot. The words stubborn and strong-willed come up very often in our listener questions with the implication that kids with those characteristics are an exception to the rule, and I'm putting that in air quotes, when it comes to biblical parenting, and that strong-willed children should not be called to the same standard of obedience as, quote, normal children. 
Originally, I was just going to quickly address this topic along with several other questions in one of our Q&A episodes, but and this actually happens a lot, as I prayed and started studying God's Word, I realized that there was so much to say about this concern that it wound up being a full episode to help parents gain a biblical understanding of strong-willed children, which aired a couple of months ago. In that episode, we talked about the differences in strong-willed and weak-willed children and what the Bible has to say about both. And I bring this up because we're still getting lots of questions about stubborn, strong-willed children. As a matter of fact, one of you guys uh, sent me a message on Instagram just last night talking about your strong-willed child and what what you can do about that. So uh, I just want to refer parents back to that episode that we did on strong-willed children. That's right. So if you find yourself referring to your child as strong-willed or stubborn and you missed that episode, or if you're new to the podcast, we highly recommend that you go back and listen to that episode. It's number 83. Um, Another common trend in questions is parents being uncertain of what consequences to use for various reasons. Here's one question that came in along those lines. Katrina on Instagram says this, Hi, Ginger. I just listened to episode 76 about age-appropriate consequences, and I have a question. One of you mentioned using chores as a consequence. I've always been hesitant to use chores in this way because I'm afraid my children will start to dislike working and helping around the house. My concern is that if we use it as discipline, then those times when they're expected to do chores simply because they're a part of our family, they'll hate it and have a bad attitude. Do you have thoughts about this? I feel like I struggle with coming up with consequences for my nine-year-old son, but I'm hesitant to make chores into a consequence for misbehavior. Well, hi, Katrina. My first thought is that I don't know of any kids who are excited about doing chores, whether they're consequence related (laughs) or not. So I personally don't believe that using chores as consequences would cause them to dislike chores any more than they probably already do. (laughs) However, when using chores as consequences, I encourage parents to pick ones that are completely unrelated to the child's daily routine chores. That way, there's a clear distinction between the two. A child's daily chores should should have nothing to do with consequences and everything to do with serving together as a family. So they're viewed as family teamwork, not as punishment. One of the purposes for regular chores is to cultivate a responsible, ongoing work ethic and to teach children the importance of being helping members of the family. It's to help them develop an others-oriented habit of serving rather than a selfish expectation of always being served, which leads to self-centeredness and entitlement, which is another episode we need to do. Yes. Consequence-related chores are given for a different purpose entirely and should be presented as such. They're given with the intent of the child learning that there are consequences consequences for sin. If those purposes are clearly communicated and approached in completely different ways, then the child will have a clear and healthy understanding of both. One shouldn't affect their attitude about the other. However, I would not expect them to be excited about either. Again, I've never met a kid who loved to do chores, whether they were consequence related or not. I mean, what kid says, hey, mom, is it okay if I clean the toilets this afternoon? It's my favorite thing to do. (laughs) Or I can't wait to unload the dishwasher after dinner tonight. And we can't really blame them for that. I don't particularly enjoy those things either. But the goal is for us and our children to do them without grumbling and complaining, as we're told in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, to do everything without grumbling and arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation." 
My philosophy is that since most kids already don't like chores, why not utilize them as consequences in order to get in some extra cleaning or extra yard work? And as always, I do want to reiterate that consequences are biblical and necessary, but they're just a small part of training children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Our primary purpose is to address the heart issues, the sin behind the disobedience from a biblical perspective, and then point them to the Word of God for wisdom and the Son of God for change. I agree completely, Ginger, that there are certainly different kinds of chores with varying degrees of dislike from both us and our kids. So to say that we should avoid assigning chores as a consequence at all so that our kids won't resent having to do them, I think that's likely an unnecessary concern. However, I do have a caveat with this consequence. Ginger, you might not be surprised to hear this, but my daughter loves to help out around the <laughs> yeah, house. Yeah, not surprised at all. That's Avery. <laughs> right. And she especially loves to do so with me or my husband. So if I was going to use chores as a consequence with her, I would choose ones that were done in isolation rather than something that would have her in the room with us. Isolation has always been a more effective form of discipline for her, likely because she's such an extrovert. But I would be careful to make sure that the length and the difficulty of the chore wasn't outrageously long or just morally defeating. In other words, I wouldn't give them an impossibly difficult chore just to punish them. I I just think we'd be piling resentment on top of whatever sin got them into that mess to begin (laughs) with. So it does require wisdom to find chores that keep their hands busy as they consider their actions. It's basically a productive timeout. Now that would work for our 10-year-old, but I think it's a different story with a toddler. And Ginger will get to that in next week's episode, all about teaching toddlers to obey. So listeners, come back next week if you're up to your eyeballs in timeouts and tantrums. (laughs) Katie, since we want to keep the focus on creative consequences for children who are a bit older on this episode, like, I don't know, maybe five and up, how about you read this next question from Nicolette in Pennsylvania, who also had a great idea for a consequence. Sure. Nicolette said this, Hi, Ginger. I want to thank you for your podcast on strong-willed children. My second son, eight years old, is definitely in the weak-willed category, and we have struggled immensely knowing how to help him. Several books have been helpful on knowing the inner workings of a strong-willed child's thoughts, but none more so than those lessons on weak will by Sonia years Mm -hmm. ago. I was so tickled to hear you read from it on the podcast. It changed how I viewed his defiance towards me as something the Bible actually addresses— being a fool and not listening to counsel. The Lord has worked in his heart and he does try to obey, but he often struggles with doing it cheerfully since he always knows better than I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes me laugh. Uh, we work, it makes me laugh because mm-hmm. I can identify with that. We work every day on coming back to me and responding differently, but it is still a battle and it gets mentally exhausting. The word of the Lord keeps me going and keeps encouraging me not to give up, but a lot of the times I fail in my attitude towards my son. God definitely knew he was shaping me and working on me through this son, and I try to remember that. I have to rely on the Lord 20 times more with this son than with my other four children. I think a lot of people can Mm -hmm. identify with that. I'm not sure if this is a wise technique, but something that strikes my son very deeply is having to pay for his attitude. Since spanking and physical challenges, running around the house, sit-ups, push-ups, having to talk to mommy and read scripture about his attitude are all done with miserable attitudes, we have turned to him putting money in an attitude Mm. jar. If, 
After the first time I call him back to respond differently to me, he still responds with disgust and attitude. He is required to go get the designated amount of money for his offense. It pains him to see his hard-earned money going out of his piggy bank into the attitude jar. He doesn't make a lot, so it is often only a quarter that he has to put in there, but he sees that his attitude doesn't help his future when he has less savings than his siblings. It also helps me as it keeps the consequence short and effective without preaching at him. I would love to know if you thought this was helpful or has unforeseen consequences for the future, but we are desperately praying that God would help turn his heart towards cheerfulness. Nicolette, I actually love this idea for consequences for children who have moved past the age where physical discipline is no longer appropriate or effective. You mentioned not preaching to him. I get that because lengthy sermons don't go over well with kids or I don't know, really even teenagers for that matter. But mm-hmm. I do encourage you to always encourage him with a verse in the Bible about doing everything without grumbling and complaining and obeying with a joyful heart. Because more important than the consequence is for us to take every opportunity to help our children know the word of God, especially in areas where they're struggling. When we teach them scripture in the context of the moment and in accordance with the problems and concerns and struggles that they're facing, we We're teaching them how to apply God's word to their daily lives. So yes, keep the verbal training short and simple. We encourage that a lot. I love that you said that um, so that we don't exasperate our kids, but always keep pointing uh, to God's word and pouring those truths into their hearts. That's a really good point, Ginger. I definitely think we don't need to neglect that for the sake of it being expedient. Otherwise, the punishment or the consequence rather, not the punishment, but the consequence seems like it's personal Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, pointing them back to what God's word Mm -hmm. says says about it. Ginger, I think I've mentioned this on the show before. We're going to be like those friends who keep telling the same stories over and over again. We're going to try not to be, I think. But (laughs) The older we get, the worse we're going to get, so be prepared. It's it's probably going to happen. They're going to hear our same stories over and over again. I think I've mentioned this on the show, but it was so effective for us that I would like to share this again. We haven't used money as a consequence per se, but we did use it as a way to motivate our oldest to use a particular grammar rule correctly. He kept saying, Avery and me are going to the basement. Or can you play with Grayson and I? And it drove me crazy as a homeschool mom that no matter how much I corrected him, he wouldn't seem to remember when to use I or me correctly. I tried gentle correction for months, maybe years. I tried slightly less gentle correction for longer (laughs) than I should have. I tried having him rehearse it the correct way each time he said it incorrectly. And Ginger, nothing worked. So my husband had this brilliant idea to sit down with our son and to go over the grammar rules again in very explicit detail. But then Brian also gave our son JJ $10 in $1 bills. And he said this, every time you use it incorrectly, you have to give me $1. And if you learn to use the rule quickly, you can keep what you have left. But if it takes you a long time and you use up the $10 we gave you, you'll have to use your own money until you have developed that new habit. Mm, that is brilliant. I but so. I'm with JJ in that struggle with some of our grammar rules too. Some of them are really confusing and hard to remember. So I don't know, Katie, maybe that system would help me. You think Brian would give me $10? <laughs> I think he'd probably give you $20, Ginger. He'd, he'd give you a little more grace, period. That's because he's heard my grammar. <laughs> <laughs> but... I mean, it was so effective and probably the best $10 we never had to spend because in only a matter of days, JJ ended up breaking even as he undid 
that bad habit and replaced it with correct grammar. I don't think since then he has ever had trouble remembering the correct usage. And this was about a year ago. So I think it's a great idea to find something that's really motivating for your child Mm -hmm. and use it to your advantage as a parent, whether that's money or a special sweet treat or screen time, whatever it is, find what motivates them and then leverage that within reason for positive change. I wouldn't take every single thing they enjoy and attach it to a consequence or to correction, but I don't think it hurts to use those things from time to time. Katie, I totally agree, but I can see a potential argument being made that it's unkind to take something the child loves or cares about and use that as a consequence. Right. I can understand that argument, but I just don't see it that way. As our friend Sonia Schaefer taught me, punishment dwells on the past while consequences look toward the future. So if we want to see a particular behavior change in the future, then we can associate that change with something the child already thinks about on a regular basis. You're using what they enjoy to motivate them toward positive change rather than punishing them for the negative behavior. There's a totally different mindset there. And I don't think it always has to be that we withhold something either. We can give our children more of what they enjoy when we see positive improvement as well. So I think maybe in the case of Nicolette, it might be really special for her to take that money that her son has often paid into the attitude jar and then treat the whole family to ice cream with it Mm -hmm. once there has been great improvement in that area of his life. It's a way to celebrate what God has done in his heart and to acknowledge that he has to work hard and sacrifice to get rid of this sin in his heart. And that is something to celebrate in our kids. Mm, Absolutely. I love that, Katie. Turning the consequence into the blessing of celebrating the change Jesus is making in their hearts. That's brilliant. Well, Ginger, I think another potential argument maybe that I can see with this form of consequence is that some parents might think using something like money as a consequence would be manipulative or focusing merely on outward behavior rather than heart change. And while a bad attitude is a sin issue and one that should be addressed as such, it's also just a bad habit with some kids. It can be both. And I see no problem finding creative ways to help them break bad habits, even sinful ones. As long as, like you said, Ginger, we don't neglect the heart training and opt for mere behavior modification. If we never address that heart issue, then we're missing the point entirely. So habit training and heart training often go hand in hand. So let's not throw out any and all forms of discipline because we think it's more Christ-like to overlook the offense or show them grace, as some people put it, or just wait for their hearts to change before we require anything of our kids. We also shouldn't go to the other extreme, though, and think it's better to have this 45-minute heart-to-heart for every single infraction we want to correct. We should absolutely make it clear that all consequences stem from our desire to see our children honor God with their words and actions, but we don't really need to give an extensive lecture to our kids every time they fail. Nobody wants that. No one's encouraged by that. We can just simply say, is your attitude showing thankfulness and contentment? No, sweetheart, it isn't. So go feed the attitude jar. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Keeping instructions and consequences simple and quick helps prevent exasperating our children. And I love that you brought that up. Wait, is that grammatically correct? Or should it be helps prevent exasperation (laughs) in our children? No, no, you're right. Because you say keeping helps. Yeah. Okay. Keeping instructions and consequences. Well, good. I got one right. Tell Brian I'm 10 for 10. Or would it be one for 10? (laughs) I don't know. Math isn't my thing either. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Now, you know, that's not my thing either. Uh, but my encouragement here, and I'm preaching to myself right now as I'm still in the throes of this, is to find every possible opportunity to encourage our kids in righteousness. I want to catch them doing well, doing good as many times as I mm. possibly can in a given day. And then I want to celebrate big in those moments. So let's work toward making our displays of pleasure and delight in our children far more frequent and emotional than our displays of displeasure. So let's kill the proverbial fatted calf every time our children choose good over evil because that is how God delights in us when we turn from our sins and choose to trust and follow him. Amen, sister. Now is the part of our show where we share a funny kid quip from one of our listeners. Today's kid quip is courtesy of Morgan in Florida. And Morgan writes this, my nine-year-old was told to go to bed. She then tells my mom and me that she was scared to go to bed without her five-year-old sister. My mom asks her, what is little sister going to protect you from? Boogers. (sighs) Ginger. (laughs) Right at that time, my five-year-old walks in and says, no, I eat them. (laughs) We all started laughing, but then had to have a conversation on why we don't eat our boogers. Ginger. Katie, just so you know, I handpicked today's quick tip just for you. (laughs) I know you did. Listeners, I don't know what kind of crazy immersion therapy this is supposed to be, but I'll have you know that Ginger never picks out our quick tips or kid quips until today. That's my job. But I just imagine her sitting there cackling over her laptop as she was putting this one into our script for today. That is just mean, Ginger. That is exactly what I was doing. I was laughing my head off. Katie, my goal is to get you to read enough of these that it doesn't bother you anymore. So really, Mm -hmm. I only have your best interest at heart. Oh, I'm sure you do. You know, immersion therapy does not work on me because if having three kids hasn't made me immune to that kind of conversation, then nothing will. This is a hopeless endeavor. (laughs) But thank you, Morgan, for your kid quip. I'm going to have to do a better job screening them (laughs) from now on. (laughs) If you have a kid quip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any funny thing your child or grandchild has said, or it can even be something funny you said as a child. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash kidquips. That's Q-U-I-P-S to submit those. Well, Ginger, for those moms and dads who are in the throes of it with trying to untangle all the parenting advice they hear and what God's word has to say on this matter, can you please leave them with a final word of encouragement? Let's remember that consequences for disobedience are only a small part of training children in righteousness. But since they are a small part, may the Lord give us wisdom, discernment, patience, and gentleness as we use them. And may He bless our efforts to soften the hearts of our children and work in their lives for His great glory. Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, we would love for you to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This truly helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? We invite you to submit those at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. 
While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering Ginger's Wise Words for Moms chart bundle deal at a 10% discount. It's a buy three and get a fourth chart free deal for only $15. And if you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com, you can get an additional 10% off this already great deal. The Wise Words for Moms chart is a great gift for baby showers and dedications, or if you'd just like to bless your mom friends who are also wanting to reach the hearts of their children. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. And you can connect with me on Instagram at Katie in a Corner. That's K-A-T-Y in a Corner. Thank you so much for joining us today, listeners. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. Well, hey there, listeners. Before we dive into today's episode, today's wow, it's <laughs> we're off a long to day. a great start, ladies and Man. gentlemen. <laughs> Buckle your seatbelts. Here we That's go. That's right. We're one minute in. I want y'all to know first that Katie and I read every single question that comes in, and then what I do is I file them into categories, which. Categories. You said categories. Catechisms. <laughs> categories. Catechisms. Let's just create categories. a whole bunch of new words here. <laughs> the Wise Words for Moms chart is a great gift for baby showers and dedications, even Christmas gifts for family members. Uh, within reason, I maybe didn't. Never mind. I'm not going <laughs> to like go up to your daughter-in-law and give her a wise words for mom's chart. Like, thought this might come in handy. Yeah, that's probably not going to go over very well. Daughter-in-law. There needs to be some strategy with who you buy Maybe them for and so. how you present them for sure. Maybe so. All right. Let me redo that. 